if you're going to get freed, somebody's got to buy you out. That's right. Yeah. And he does the redeeming that purchases out of that slavery. That's right. Yeah. And so the importance, I think, of redemption and, re- and being redeemed is that it, it allows us to have a, a, a deeper, hopefully, gratitude and understanding of how we've come to salvation. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to this week's Table Talk. We're so glad that you have joined us and we're excited also that Susan Scott is joining us at the table today. Thank you very much. Welcome. So good to see Thank you. you. Glad Susan, to be here. You, and, you and Stan have been part of River Oaks for many years? 13 years maybe. 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that time with youth. I think right. you worked with the youth right. a lot. And, right. and currently, I, I did want to just ask you about um, one of the, I know you just love, one of your passions right now is women's ministry right. and um, SALT. Right, right. right. SALT is a part of women's ministry. It's a meeting the first Monday of every month okay. um, where we gather up as many of uh, ladies from the church as we can, yeah. inviting everybody, every one of them yeah. to come and just fellowship and worship and learn about the opportunities that the women have to serve our yeah, God. that's great. A lot of local ministries come in and present. Yes. And, yes. Um, I know uh, this month will have passed uh, right. once we get this, uh, right. and you had Salvation Army in Correct. and that sort of thing. So uh, the first Monday night in April... Correct. Salt. That's exciting time. I always yes. over here a lot of time when I'm in the building. Yes. So yes. that's great. And then finally, you also work with the Seeds event every year, it seems like. Seeds event has been going on for five, six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, and it's a uh, once, once a year opportunity, yeah. or an event that ladies get together and do a lot of worshiping. And I think more of an in-service and in that it's a... Yeah. Um, feeds the women, just like Seeds of the Soul would say. Wonderful. It just kind of feeds us. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you do, and I know that's all uh, rooted in uh, your love for the Lord Absolutely. and being in His Word, so it's yes. grateful that, that we could have you here today. So thank, thank you. you. And thank I want to thank Susan for one more. As a parent yeah. of an elementary age student, oh my <laughs> thank you for what you do in Kids Rock on a regular basis. Oh, I really yes. appreciate that. Yes. You are very welcome. I do enjoy it there. I really that's, do. Wow. My chance, work there. my chance to be a kid again. <laughs> so serve, serve, serve. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Andrew, welcome to the table. Thanks. I think this is my first time here this season. It is, yeah. Uh, so you, the message this past Sunday, kingdom accounting made easy. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's the whole line of books. Yeah, I keep taking yeah. you're talking to me, you're like, for dummies, but it's like, no, it's made easy. Uh, and that's what we're going to be looking at in chapter 21, uh, really spending some time on that passage about the widow's might, mites, mm-hmm. is the same thing, the copper coins of the Copper widow. coins in the ESV. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, um, without any further ado, let's just dig in. Susan, would you read those first verses, chapter 21, sure. 1 through 4, and let's talk about that. Sure. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they are all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. 
Mm. Such a, a short passage, and yet, for me at least, I don't know for you guys, but um, the imagery, it's almost I can sort of put myself there. Mm-hmm. Um, does anything sort of come out when you think about this passage, Susan, or when you read it that, that struck with you? I think um, just her being noticed, mm. that she normally would not have been noticed. Um, I think yeah. um, just that they... And the passage before that where the the scribes were saying, you know, they're going out there and being seen for their yeah. gifts and being um, um, made sure that everybody knew that they were giving. Yeah. And we are working in our WOW Bible study on Matthew 6, which says that is their reward. Okay. And with her, seen by man. Yeah, she has not been artists. seen. She knows she's not seen, or you assume that yeah. she thinks she's not seen, yeah. but is giving out of what she yeah feels and love and her love for God. Oh, that's that's great. And you know, one of the things, in fact, in this entire um, season we're in, right, particularly now through the next six, six weeks or so through mm-hmm. Luke, is I think sometimes we forget also that this just wasn't sort of regular temple worship. This was Passover week, and it would have been hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no telling mm-hmm. how many hundreds would have come in to do their offerings in this same moment. And so for Jesus to see her was even more remarkable, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you, Andrew, this is a question um, that I think in commentaries there may be differing opinions on this, but what Susan mentioned when you go back to the last passage, in other words, Context, biblical context. Okay, yeah, yeah, we want, um, we we want to be mindful of that. That's right. So we see verse 47 in particular of chapter 20, and it, and it makes notes that uh, talking about these scribes who, uh, the places of honor at feast, who devour widows' houses. And then we move into, oh, by the way, there's a widow. Mm-hmm. Um, what what you, does that mean? Is, is Luke implying at all or that Jesus is saying, um, you know, this widow. Um, you're making her do this. You're devouring all her income. Is that a different take on it than perhaps the sort of willful giving of the copper coins? I think or? that would be a different take. I don't okay. think it's the right take. Okay. Um, okay. Personally, um, so so the commentators are they're not exactly certain, right? What it means devour widows' houses. I, I saw two possible explanations. Okay. One is sort of you know their scribes are like the lawyers, and so. They're sort of managing the estate oh. for the widow, but um, you know, in, in such a way that, well, the management fee is going to be fifteen, twenty. They're somehow taking advantage of the of the widows in the way that they're managing what she would have had. Um, mm. The other possible is is sort of like the you know old yeller with the man that was left behind. I forget his name that would go check in on the women folk, but really he would expect a meal and would hang out for a long time and wasn't worth a lot that they might invite themselves in and um, okay. just sort of prey upon hospitality. So they're not certain mm-hmm. what that means. But I think okay. as, as we move on and we just see, um, Jesus doesn't say in 21 verse 1 that he saw the scribes putting their gifts into the offering box. He says the rich, mm-hmm. and he doesn't okay. condemn them the way he condemns the scribes okay. at the end of chapter 20. So I, I, I sort of see a, I do see a contrast between mm-hmm. the widow's piety and the scribes. I see that, like, we, we can look in on right. that. But I don't think we want to make too much and say that God's condemning 
the rich here for putting in their their gifts into the offering. Right. I don't see that. Okay, okay. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, so, so it's he's more condemning of a the scribes. Yeah, and he sees Teaching. the rich, okay. which may or may not be scribes. Okay. And he doesn't say, like, oh, I don't care about their gifts. He just says the widow gives more. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a condemn, commendation to the widow than it is a condemnation okay. to the rich. Okay. And the reason he says that she gives more is that word you said it's proportion, proportion. over portion. When you think proportion, what do you, th- Susan? Have you ever thought through like what is the the biblical mandate or instruction for proportion giving? When you hear that, what do you think? I think what what I had heard was a ten percent, whatever ten okay. percent might be. You okay. know, is that before taxes, after taxes? Who knows? Okay. Does it matter? Um, I think proportion is a personal thing okay. also. Um, it might be um, thinking about, you know, f- thinking backwards, though, yes, I do have bills to pay. Yes, I do have things mm-hmm. that I have to have or that I need. Um, that is a, also a proportion okay. of what I make. Yeah. Um, I do have to make God a priority. Yeah. So what proportion am I going to give Yeah. that would be, that I would still be able, I still got to have faith in God right. that He will supply my needs. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of having the proportion and then a portion left over that you can really give yeah. from your heart. Okay, from you the know? heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what do you, how do you describe proportion? If someone comes to you for counsel and says, hey, Andrew, you said that we should give out of a proportion and not a portion. Yeah. What's a good proportion for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to say, like, you know, the tithe, 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the Old Testament times, there, there was the tithe that went to the Levites, right? right. But then there was another tenth that you set aside, and that was for you to go up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, and you spent it there on the sacrifices. Okay. And then every third year, there was another tenth that um, was just sort of went to the needy, that went to um, widows, orphans. Mm-hmm. So it was maybe, I don't know, 23 24%. I, I think um, there's still something about that tenth that... Um, seems to be healthy, but I would describe it more as like training wheels than yeah. some sort of rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget who it was that said that, but it's almost just like, um, it's just a helpful number because sometimes when you think about, well, what do I really want to be to be happy? Mm-hmm. What do I need? Well, everybody just feels like they need 10% more. And that can be kind of enslaving. And so mm-hmm. almost as maybe as a way of breaking ourselves out of that slavery and experiencing freedom in Christ... It's 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 that same number, just in the opposite direction. Yeah, no, that's that's um, a good word. But I, yeah. I'm not married to that. I think yeah, yeah a starting point. Yeah, training Possibly, wheels. Yeah. Let's just think about mm-hmm. it this way. Yeah, training wheels. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess again, yeah, circumstantial, personal conviction, um, cheerful giver out of the heart, and and yet at the same point, uh, you mentioned, you know, at, at some point there ought to be a level of sacrifice to it, like David, the threshing floor, right? I, I won't give to God what didn't cost me anything, right? Yep. And so if, if I'm sitting on a good bit, it might be that well, maybe I could be using that kingdom work and that mm-hmm. percentage may be totally different or mm-hmm. little or less. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So is there a caution? You know, when I read this too and I think about, um, you know, giving more, giving more, it seems like Jesus is saying she's she's more blessed. At least I'm thinking higher of her. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, is it tied to our giving? If, if we all give proportionally like the widow like here everything uh, is jesus saying well hey he 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 gave more uh i let's let's see what we can do for him you know you know what i'm saying there's almost like a health and wealth to it to, to a degree or or we can distinguish that 
with other teaching. You know I'm not a health and welfare. Uh, that's right. David. Uh, maybe I should let Susan go first. I yeah. just jumped in there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it's a heart thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you give um, from the heart. You've already mm-hmm. got, as I said, you give the the training wheels portion. Yeah. And then from there on, you give from the heart. Yeah. You know, if you go out and you say, oh, oh, I see this need, I'm giving. Yeah. May or may not have it in my budget, but I see yeah. the need. So and, it's a hard thing. And if you're giving like the widow and you're being commended for it, uh, you, you're, you're also probably not expecting the health and wealth aspect. You're, you're, you're offering as a worship, mm-hmm. and that's truly all you want it to be. Not I a guess. seed faith, yeah. yeah. You know, this passage reminds me of a mark of the, of the widow who anoints Jesus' feet. Okay. Um, at Bethany, you know, and... and she just breaks that she jar. Breaks it's it an up. incredible yeah. amount of money. You know, yeah, it was like, yeah, like the equivalent yeah. of one year's wages. And it's like, yeah. well, I could be sold and given to the poor. And it's just, I, I'm a practical person. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why I'm an executive pastor. I mean, I, li- I like to plan. I like budgets. I like to do things that are prudent. And, and so just um, before we try and like, well, here's why this wasn't a good idea for this woman to do this or for the woman who anointed Jesus' feet. It's just... I don't know, maybe just roll around on the passage for a little bit and say, like, man, yeah. worship that's sincere and sacrificial and from the heart like that, um, just, just to say Jesus loves it. Just leave it at that. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a good word. Yeah. Good word. Well, um, I do want to mention it. That was wonderful. I, you know, I'm coming, the, the, maybe the older I get, I hope the wiser I get, but the older <laughs> I get is, you know, um, we can spend so much time in small passages. Mm-hmm. We should. I mean, they're very rich. And mm-hmm. so I really appreciated that you took four verses and, I mean, that was the message that we needed yeah. to hear and yeah. not the entirety, you know, of, of the chapter. Um, so I appreciate that. At the same time, our small groups this week <laughs> have Ooh. been tasked with the entirety yes. of chapter uh, 21. That's a lot. So yeah. I, I thought yeah. maybe we'd just highlight one or two other areas. And, and the one I wanted to, to really look at was um, what follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of that verse five, uh, five through nine. Um, can you read that, Andrew? And then let's just talk just a little bit about that. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, "As for these things that you see, the days will come where there will not be left here one stone upon the other that will not be thrown down." And they asked him, "Teacher." When will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Yeah, I've really, this passage has resonated with me this week. And, and I hope I have contextually the right imagery in my mind, the, the informed imagination of, of this passage. Again, Passover week, the hustle bustle, the smells in the air, the songs in the air, the worship's going on, the sacrifices. And I just sense that the disciples are walking with Jesus and all of a sudden their eyes turn toward the temple. And there were gold statues, there were gold plaques. Um, there was just, uh, you know, it was just magnificent, right? I mean, this, this temple and how beautiful it was. And almost like they, right there, the Son of God is, is among them, and their eyes kind of get drawn to, wow, you know, what's been made of man's hands? And, mm-hmm. and Jesus is sort of yes. correcting them back into that, say, mm-hmm. we, okay, guys, over here. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know this thing's going to be destroyed, right? 
as beautiful and just as just you know overwhelming as it is, it, it, there's not going to be a stone you know unturned right here. Um, so my question in that though is when he says that, it certainly brought him back to reality. When will this happen? Is he saying that this is what's going to happen in in history, like near history, AD seventy? destruction of Jerusalem? Or is he saying, you know, when I return, uh, that this is what's going to happen to, uh, to Jerusalem and all who, um, you know, all who don't follow, right? Um, what does he mean here, I guess? What's the word? What's he mean by it'll be destroyed? <laughs> I'm going to be curious to hear yours since you've given thought to that this week. Um, okay. Do you want me to yeah. go first, Susan? Or? Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think primarily he is referring to 70 AD okay. um, and, and 5 to 9, but it doesn't exclude that there could be some yeah. rec- you know, capitulation of that where it... Um, it also previews what would happen before his second coming. But I would think primarily he's speaking of 70 AD, and it might yeah. very well mirror what will happen at the end days before he returns. Yeah. I, What's your thought? I, I think it's it's prophetic to that sort of current generation as well. Um, I think, again, we, we lose sight of just um, how amazing this temple was and how the religious uh, leaders you know, guarded it as almost what they mm-hmm. worshipped over God. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it just seems to match up to what happens in AD 70 more, that, um, that not only was the city destroyed and the temple destroyed, but, you know, I don't... Have you ever been to Rome, mm-hmm. either of you? Have you been yeah, to Rome? Been have to you Rome. seen the Arch of, of uh, Titus? I can't picture it right now, but okay, so, we crammed a lot in, so maybe. Yeah, so, so it's, it's real. I'd, look it up if you're, if you're hearing this online. So the Arch of Titus was actually, Titus was the emperor in AD 70. And so um, under the Arch of Titus, which was uh, constructed based on yeah. his sort of, uh, you know, over this victory, so to speak, um, there are engravings of the menorahs and the gold huh. and everything from the temple in Jerusalem being carried back to Rome. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like there's this, um, this standing sort of lasting reminder of both, you know, the words of Jesus and his prophecy to that. Uh, and then actually, you know, that that coming true mm-hmm. just, you know, 30, 40 years later. Yep. Um, you know, and I think even in the temple, there were some, you know, uh, a lot of things that even Herod himself had, had constructed and built, and they just continued to just build it up in a way that we were worshiping the creation and not the creator. Well, I heard it was definitely on par with, like, one of the seven wonders of the, yeah. of, of the ancient world, that yeah. uh, it was even larger than the Pantheon in Athens. I mean, in terms yeah. of the, the perimeter of the temple was almost a full mile, I think, yeah. right? Um, something close to a mile. Have you been to Jerusalem? I have not. Yeah, me neither. I'm at, I always ask that. <laughs> I've not been to Rome. Yeah. Uh, it's on my list. <laughs> yeah. did, you see the, did you see the diagram that Andrew used for the temple layout? Did you catch that? Um, oh, it was a quick slide. It was a quick one. I thought that was one of the better ones I've ever seen uh, because it showed sort of the, the women's court, as it mm-hmm. was known, right? That's where all these offering bins were, Yeah, 13 of them. I think mm-hmm. is historically, and then it showed the Gentiles courtyard, and which would have been outside that, yeah, and just how massive the entire temple was to the Holy of Holies, right? To to the actual yeah. um, uh, area there. So uh, that was a great, uh, huh. great image as well to be helpful in that. Uh, but um, so um, at the end of that, though, let me ask you this, Susan. You hear, you know, all these things will happen as well, 
And he says, but um, verse 9, do not be terrified for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. When you hear these things or you see these things taking place, right? These will continue to take place. Um, does that give you a sense of comfort or, or is it still easy to be terrified? Um, both. Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. I think, I don't know if he was, I don't know, so y'all will have to t- go mm. along with this. Um, is this a parable almost that he's trying to, to go over? You know, the first part could be real. And then, this, like in verse 6, the stones will be t- turned over. And then verses 8 mm. and 9, but we don't know when. I mean, it's almost like a parable of, of and they're asking, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, and he's not totally explaining it. He just says, it's coming. Yeah, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a teaching he's consistently used, mm-hmm. and he's used parables to, to sort of uh, indicate the same teaching that, you know, when you hear things going on in the world, Mm-hmm. When people come in my name, mm-hmm. when you start looking to when I'm going to come, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all you're, you're fixated on that, um, what I'm telling you to do is don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Stay awake, stay alert, mm-hmm. and just be ready, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's an indication that don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now what's going to happen, beginning with what's going to happen to this temple and this city. Mm-hmm. And so when this happens, you remember me, remember these words and stay awake. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's... Maybe a way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a consistent teaching yeah. throughout mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like over and over, it's a good word for us. I mean, that's the a- uh, an application for us mm-hmm. uh, today as well. Um, anything else in 21 before we look at our essential moment? Was there anything else that struck you, Andrew? Anything you almost preached on? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, boy, we better not go there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, in thirty four, thirty six, I think he picks back up on that whole yeah. stay awake, stay ready, right? Mm-hmm. Don't give in to the drunkenness and the, the dissipation. Dissipation. <laughs> I don't know what the that partying, is, but I don't want to give into it. Yeah. The partying, the carousing, <laughs> I guess, yeah. uh, the cares of the world, mm-hmm. right? Don't don't get consumed by those and miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I return, mm-hmm. wow, that's good word. Mm-hmm. Good word of encouragement. Well, good. Um, Susan, was there anything, 21, that? Um, I think all of it was just on a warning. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what this chapter really is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Look and see, but make sure you look up. Yes. Yeah, look mm-hmm. up. Well, that would have been a great title, too, for a message in it. Yeah, we'll file that one away. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah, look up. That, you might see that again. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, good. All right. Um, our essential moment. Uh, so, so far this year on Table Talk, we've looked at these essential foundational truths, right? What's salvation? What is justification? The kingdom of God? Who is Christ? Uh, this week, if you look at uh, verse, tw- is it 21, I believe? Uh, or, or 21, 28. If you look at verse 28, uh, what we read is that now when these things begin to take place, all these things we've talked about, right? Um, straighten up and raise your heads. Look up because your redemption is drawing near redemption i remember as a child probably as a youth maybe as a college student maybe even as a young adult (laughs) hearing this word a lot Uh reading it a lot Mm -hmm. and not really giving thought to what it means it's those churchy words right that just Mm -hmm. kind of pass through us um how do you redemption yeah redemption yeah yeah. what redemption okay great that's probably in a song right there's an old hymn probably (laughs) redemptions in the in the song i've been redeemed Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is redemption? What, what does it mean to be redeemed? What do you, when you hear that, Susan, um, 
and someone says, Susan, are you redeemed? I think uh, a, a part of it at least is forgiven. Okay. Um, that we have asked for our sins to be forgiven. Okay. And they ha- that asking has been accepted. Okay. Um, and, and we can go, go, uh, go forward um, with the thought that we will be with Jesus. Okay, all right. So there's an association with salvation mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we are redeemed. Andrew? I, I think for me, I just I, I think of coupons or, you know, buying a treasury bill oh, with, with the okay. idea of, you know, it'll say on it, you know, you, you can redeem the coupon for whatever, 50. But the idea okay. is you give, yeah. you give it to the, to the cashier, right? Mm-hmm. And then the manufacturer buys that back for... Right. It's not just hey, you get fifty cents off. Somebody's going to buy back, yeah, that that voucher, or somebody's going to buy back that T bill yeah. that you purchased. And so for me, I think when I think about redemption, I try and read that idea of being bought back, being yeah. purchased. Yeah, and and you know, I think that's part of the understanding. Of a lot of these words that are deeply theological in nature and biblical is that um, we we use them in a different way today. Because you're right, a lot of us go to why well, redeemed a coupon. And we don't even think about what's going on behind what it what it means, but um, and so we're gaining possession of something, basically paying for it in some way. Um, biblically, I think it had that connotation of being freed, right? Someone paid a ransom. You know, if we were redeemed, usually a ransom was paid to buy our freedom. And so uh, when someone says, I, well, I'm saved, but do I need to be redeemed too? Uh, well, I think they, they're hand in hand, one right? Same, it's yeah. one and the same. The importance of redemption is knowing how your salvation took place, right? It was Christ on the cross who said, I will redeem you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will pay the ransom uh, for your freedom. And so because he has redeemed us, we have the opportunity mm-hmm. to find salvation in yeah. that, to receive what he did mm-hmm. in that redemption. Um, it's great. I mean, it's a rich word. because Like it, slaves in bondage, if you're going to get freed, somebody's got to buy you out. That's right. Yeah. And he does the redeeming that purchases us out of that slavery. That's right. Yeah. And so the importance, I think, of redemption and, re- and being redeemed is that it, it allows us to have a, a, a deeper, hopefully, gratitude an understanding of how we've come to salvation, not just to, to believe and receive, confess and believe, which is Romans 10, 9 says that's all we need. Mm-hmm. But when we step back and we go, oh, the reason I can confess and believe is because Jesus purchased that uh, opportunity. Yeah, He redeemed me mm-hmm. on the cross and mm-hmm. bought back uh, my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Big word. And so here, um, your redemption is drawing near. What does that mean there? I'm glad you've been giving thought to that this week, Dave. Oh, but I th- I do. I would say when when we switch to verse 25, I do think he's t- switching now from talking about what's going to happen to 70 A.D. to more yes in times. And so I think yeah. you know as as um, we wade into that, y- your redemption is near. He's not talking about something at 70 A.D. He's thinking about the That's return the of the point. Son of Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the culmination of having been redeemed is going to be made complete. It's the drawing. Is yes, yes, yes. You, you're yeah. the, the redemption is drawing. The redeemer is drawing near, um, mm-hmm. and so all of this will be will be culminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you'll re, you'll uh, you'll uh, experience the full redemption. Yes, not just the partial. We do it in mm-hmm. part. The already not yet yeah. tension there. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Good word. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Susan, Andrew. Um, essential moment. Um, and thank you for joining us at the table this week. Thank you for allowing me to be here. This is great, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you so much. Message. And thank you. And we look forward to joining you next week in Chapter 22. We're going to be looking at uh, the origin of the communion, Eucharist, Lord's Supper at Passover. We look forward to joining you there. Have a blessed week, friends.